The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good morning. <laughs> ah, let's start with names, um, just to go around. So I wanted to start this morning um, just with a... It's, it's kind of like a practice, but it also impacts how we are here together. And that is a little bit of a, a description about describing your experience, because that's largely what we'll be doing here. Uh, it'll be a kind of exchange. Um, more of you describing what's happening and perhaps my responding. Um, when you describe your experience, it's really helpful both for the group and for the time that we have to, uh, to not so much uh, describe the story about what's happening, but really to describe what your experience is. You know, what, if you're describing something that happened in the past, to describe perhaps just enough of the situation that we can understand the context. Um, and then describe what you're noticing, what you were noticing, and what you explored. How did you explore practicing with it? This, um, it serves us because, you know, often we tend to get caught into the stories and we'll describe it. It feels like we need to describe a lot of the situation for people to understand what's happening. But actually, we can get by with just quite a bit, quite a little bit of information. So, for instance, in the enough context setting might be something like, um, I was having a conversation at work with my boss and... Um, my boss said something that created some reactivity. That reactivity was frustration and anger, and this is how it felt. So, um, you know, you don't need to describe what happened, why, who else was involved. So, so you, can, you can really limit, circumscribe the information that you offer in describing your experience. This serves, this serves you, too, in the, in the sense that it does uh, kind of keep... Um, Keep, keep you from having to describe too much of your personal life in a setting like this. It also serves the group in terms of time. And it also serves you in terms of your practice. Because uh, this form of describing your experience, of turning towards just enough context and then describing what was happening, this is actually what we're trying to do with our mindfulness. We're exploring what does it mean to look at what's happening in the moment, and not so much about the stories of what's happening. And so if you, if you um, can get familiar with this style of describing your experience, you may start using it in your own life more um, as you're going back over a situation, reflecting on it from a Dharma perspective. Instead of thinking through all of the content, we can start to reflect on, oh, and what happened there? Oh, there was, there was expression of frustration on, on my boss's face, and that's what I reacted to. Oh, okay, so the, and then this is how I felt, and that's what I said. I said something that expressed frustration, and it escalated from there. So we can, we can start to um, understand the dynamic at a deeper level than the content about what we were talking about. So in terms of our sharing here, it's, it's helpful to 
practice with that. And um, if it happens that I hear somebody um, going into the story a little more than seems necessary, I may just, you know, raise my hand or, or something just to remind you about this, this practice of reporting from experience, direct experience, rather than emphasizing the content or the story of, a, of what's happening. what I said to Nick before, but um, one of the things to uh, recognize or explore as we're as we're doing the mindfulness practice of our activities, and in this case, you were describing that um, um, taking a walk and the mind the f- the first day taking a walk and the and the um, the mind was able to be pretty present, not a lot of reactivity really able to to be with the the walking of the dog and the second time the second day you were noticing the mind more kind of moving out to impatience or wanting to turn on the dharma talk Um, and uh, the second day there was more it sounds like the first day there was more of a sense of ah this this time I can just be here for this and it's probably a little more pleasantness in the experience the second day there was more of the kind of the impulses or urges that kind of normally happen when you're you're doing that the the, the urge to to jerk the dog and and to um, you know get on with it basically what I, I, I it sounds like you were seeing that some to some extent you were seeing that with mindfulness and it's less pleasant when we see that uh, it does often tend to take us out. That's a doorway through which we slip out when there's a little bit of impatience about what we're doing here. It tends to be that our mind will go elsewhere. And so what you have is an opportunity, not necessarily to try to construct a situation in which the walking of, of the dog is always pleasant because you're in the present moment or thinking that that's what it would mean if you're in the present moment, that it would be pleasant. Um, but the opportunity to actually begin to watch how does your mind do this? How does your mind tumble forward? Why, why does it do this? You know, it's like, what happens? You know, it, the, the, when you're moving, you know, the, the, you're, you're walking, something about that, you can be curious about that. You know, okay, present here, this part's easier. The dog stops. Hmm, what happens then? You know, is, is, what, is there a thought that arises? Oh, need to do that, and then the mind takes off. You can begin to, to notice this and to start to see what is it that, that makes the mind not want to be present for this. Um, ag- again, it's like, it's not... So much of what we get to see in daily life is the habits of our mind. And it's not a mistake when we're observing our activities in daily life, especially something longer like the the walking of the dog, to see the habits of mind arise. Simply exploring, you know, oh, I'm going to try to be present for this doesn't mean that the mind is going to cooperate because the mind is out of control a lot of the time. Um, So we can get curious about that. What is it that makes the mind take off? So allow the fact that it maybe feels a little less pleasant to see if you might be a little more curious about what's actually happening there. There's a lot to learn. There's, there's so much to learn in simple things like this 
about how the mind does what it does and why it doesn't want to stay present. That moment when the mind slips out, the moment when the, the mind goes from being here to the future or the past, that moment is a powerful moment for us to start to get familiar with. So um, we, can, we can take something like the walking of the dog where, you know, it's not probably terribly charged, you know, the, the fact that you're maybe a little bored as, as she stops and does her thing. You know, it's not, there's not a lot of reactivity there, it sounds like. Um, but the mind will construct its habitual patterns when it... it, it it isn't so interested in being here. So we can, we can see kind of in the small, in, in ways that, um, you know, the patterns that, the patterns that our mind does in terms of leaving the present moment and reacting, we tend to have a few really familiar ways that that happens. Um, and the ones that get us in trouble in the, in the large, the, the, the big areas, you know, if we tend to have a reaction around aversion or if we tend to get bored and move into fantasy, you know, the, 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 the bigger patterns of our reactivity um, will tend to be repeated in the small, in places where it's not so charged. And so in an, this is an opportunity to start to watch the pattern at a time where there's not a lot of extra stuff happening. So you can learn a lot from that. So um, I guess a piece that I'd encourage there is to not just dismiss, because it sounds like the way you were able to describe it, there was, there was some, if not a lot, of mindfulness going on there. And so you know, to not dismiss that and to just be curious about what is the mindfulness noticing? Oh, part of what it's noticing is the unpleasantness of wanting to turn on the, I- the, the iPhone to listen to the, to the talk. What does that feel like? It, it's not a mistake or it's not, it doesn't have to be a problem that that's what is arising. It's just that's what's asking to be seen in that, oh, wanting is happening. What does wanting feel like? Oh, wanting's unpleasant. Okay, <laughs> what is that? You know, can you know that? Yeah. I would just, uh, um, I mean,